Welcome back to Round Guy Radio uh, as we do episode uh, 17 of the Iowa Heartlanders Weekly. And we have a, a special guest, Ben Gillison, or how do you pronounce it? Gislison. Gislison of the Iowa Wild. He's the yes, voice sir. of the Iowa Wild. Welcome to the program, Ben. Great to be with you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, first question is, why is the Iowa, Hall, uh, the Iowa Wild a great place to go? And uh, what kind of fun is uh, someone that, that goes to the game going to find? Well, I, I'd answer that question, Dave, twofold. I, I would say, first and foremost, for hockey fans, it, it, it's, it's the best level of hockey you can see in Iowa. It, it's really arguably some of the best level of hockey you can see anywhere uh, next to the National Hockey League. And Maybe there might be some folks who'd argue about a few leagues over in Europe being comparable to the American Hockey League, but these players are on their way, many of them, to becoming uh, either mainstay NHLers or, for some, household names. Uh, we, we've had a few players over the last few years now that are on trajectories to become very high-end National Hockey League players, and it's an opportunity to come see these men when Sometimes they're boys. You'll get players in at 19, 20 years old, and they're grooming themselves and getting prepared to make a jump to the National Hockey League and become those stars that you'll watch on uh, TNT or ESPN or however you take in your NHL hockey. But the other side, and maybe even the more alluring side of it, uh, that I think is really a reason why going to an Iowa Wild game is such an enjoyable time, is the entertainment value perspective. Uh, our, our entertainment that we provide away from the ice, whether it's, it's Video, video segments or pregame intro videos. Uh, we'll do fireworks after some games sometimes. There's lots of great giveaway options for our fans. It's a very high entertainment value, and the production value of our organization and the way our game off staff runs the game, I think, is, is up there with the best in our league. And it's, it's a very great atmosphere when you come out to a game. Uh, specifically, you grab a weekend, Friday, Saturday night. This season, we were looking at over 8,000 on many of our nights in the building. So it's loud, it's energetic. And I think for a lot of people who, like myself, who definitely lost a, a bit of, of that, that, that savor of getting around people, being out in the community, being amongst friends, finding something to get behind and to cheer for an entity like the Iowa Wild, it's an event where you can get out, have a good time, maybe have a few drinks or even maybe not, just to come out and celebrate and enjoy life uh, with the Iowa Wild and enjoy a great sporting event. So let me ask you, how are the ways that we can follow the Iowa through the social media, uh, through uh, some maybe video broadcast, TV, uh, listen on a streaming service? Well, what kind of options are there for that? Well, the place I would start would be social media because our season did just end uh, earlier uh, last week with our final regular, regular season game, unfortunately, much like the Heartlanders. Uh, the Iowa Wild missed out on a playoff chance this season. So I'd start with the social media. Uh, at IA Wild is where you go for the Twitter side, uh, Facebook, Iowa Wild. You can search that and follow us on there. Instagram is the same, Iowa Wild. Uh, that's a great place, especially in the offseason, because uh, that is really where a lot of our news goes out. It's where a lot of our information about whether it's new signings or new players or just updating and trying to help our fans get to know our players even a little better as well. That's something that you'll see on that social media side. I would also say uh, have a look at our website. That's another area where you can have a look and learn more about the organization, read up on it a little bit more, 
you can find our roster, you can find our schedule when that does come out, which won't be for a little while. But uh, nonetheless, those are kind of the main areas I would check out in season. One of the areas that uh, you can watch our game on is AHL TV. It's a platform, a subscription service. If you don't want to pay for something, which I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, uh, you can tune in on uh, it's 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM here in the Des Moines, greater Des Moines area. You can also use the iHeartRadio stream uh, if you want to listen to me talk to myself for two and a half hours during an Iowa Wild game, which uh, I obviously very much enjoy doing. Um, and then every so often we'll be on MC22 television, much like I know David Fine as well as uh, Chris Peters were uh, for a few Heartlanders games this season, MC22 television provider. They've been one of our flagship TV game, pro- or our only flagship TV game provider since the inception of the Iowa Wild, now dating back nine seasons ago, year 10 for us coming up, so we're excited. Yeah, that, it's been a, a really exciting to have the Iowa Wild in, in the community. Uh, I, I want to talk about a couple fan experiences that, uh, that were related to me this year. Uh, one, very related to me, my brother. Uh, my brother's uh, work uh, bought everybody tickets for somewhat of a Christmas party or, or some get-together that they had. They took their whole workplace up there. Now, I was not surprised that my brother enjoyed it, but I was surprised that my <laughs> sister-in-law enjoyed it uh, as much as she did. And it was uh, a game where the, someone scored a hat trick and then they sold hats for half price. And uh, so my brother picked me up one. I'm wearing it right now. Uh, uh, what are, what is, uh, what is it? And then uh, another one, a super fan, Mark Corver, he had went to a couple games. The first game he went to, he bought a ticket. I think it was 80, 90 bucks, but it included all he could eat and drink. And uh, so what, what, what are some of the ways groups can get tickets or uh, individuals can, uh, can purchase a, uh, a, an enjoyed evening in, with the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, I would point people again towards IowaWild.com. Find the tickets tab on there. There are a lot of different ways you can take in an Iowa Wild game. And as you were alluding to there, Dave, you had – some options, whether you wanted to rent out a suite. My wife's work, actually, her work group just did that as well for the final regular season game last week and had a blast there. And it's funny when you bring up, uh, you, you mentioned your sister-in-law had, to, had such an enjoyable time at the game. Surprisingly, I, I always say this when people ask me, why should I go to a hockey game in general? And then an Iowa Wild game or any hockey game, a Heartlanders game, or you name it, I've always said hockey has a little something for everyone, I think. If you're a sports fan, you'll like hockey because – Let's say you're a soccer fan, and, and soccer is obviously uh, talked about as being a very beautiful, artistic game. I would say hockey has plenty of that speed, finesse, grace. Maybe you're a football fan, and you enjoy the physicality and the heavy heaviness of football. Well, hockey's got that, too. Uh, and to go even further on that, what sport allows players to take their gloves off and bare-knuckle box? There's only one. It's hockey. So I think hockey's a sport that has something for every sports fan in it. And a lot of people look at it and it looks confusing and you wonder what's going on. But if you go to a game and you see it live and you see the pace and you see the intensity and the speed of it, uh, as well as the skill level of these fine athletes, it, I think it can hook people very, very easily. But more to your question on the Iowa Wild ticketing side, yeah, sweet options are available. I think the Bud Country Club was what you were uh, talking about with the all-you-can-eat drink. That's an option. It's, it's more of like a party deck uh, if you've been to an Iowa Cubs game before. Uh, where you can get all you can eat, all you can drink, uh, as well as some nice seats uh, behind one of the goals. So there are different ways to take in games. There's also, 
if you want to if you want to really do it big and go down by the glass, obviously those tickets are a little more expensive, but you'll get a great experience there. But the, the one thing I love about our arena at Wells Fargo Arena is it, it's a large arena, but it has great sight lines no matter where you sit. And so there are definitely economical ways to come out to a game, especially if you're someone that's going, ah, you know, I'm not really sure. Maybe I like hockey. Maybe I won't. You know, it's it's possible to get out to a game and not make your wallet too much lighter and come out and see if you like it. And then maybe you look into a Bud Country Club or maybe you look into that right away because you just want to go out and have a good time and enjoy that experience. And and maybe you're not too invested in hockey, which, again, why I answered the question I did in in your first question was, I I think we need to come to an Iowa Wild game. Some are going to come because they want to see a player like Marco Rossi, who is a high draft pick in the National Hockey League and will likely be a big star for the Minnesota Wild someday. But other people just want to come out, share a great time with colleagues or friends or family, uh, and just get together and share in that camaraderie of getting behind a team. Well, the Iowa Heartlanders have a great mascot uh, name of Dash that seems to light the kids up. You know what I mean? The, he's great with kids. He's always out there. Talk to me about your mascot. Crash, uh, he does the same. Uh, he's electric. Uh, Crash is uh, he's the, the straw that stirs the energy drink inside of Wells Fargo Arena. You can guarantee you that. And it's funny, I, as I'm calling games, I'll see him pop up on the big board every so often throughout periods. And that guy must get more steps in than, than anybody in, uh, in, in the arena on the course of the given night. Uh, Crash is everywhere. Um, so, and I know Crash and Dash are buddies. I know that Crash came out for... Uh, our preseason game that we held out at Extreme Arena back in September against the Rockford Ice Hogs. And I know that they were together for much of that game. Uh, and, and Crash is a big fan of Dash. Those guys are good buddies. Yeah, he does a tremendous job. I mean, you know, uh, everybody has a mascot, you know, but I don't know if anybody has them that's working harder than than uh, your guy in the Iowa Heartlanders. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and that's a great – I mean, that. I mean, the, we have a lot of kid fans. You know what I mean? The – they seem to kind of be a group of kids. Uh, a lot of them, you know, parents have season tickets, and uh, uh, I, I talk to a lot of them. Uh, and uh, you know, it's great that for the you know place to take your family that isn't going to break the bank, and uh, you get like you say, you get good seats, and it's it's an entertainment ask. The entertainment value is off the charts. Not only you get the hockey, but it's like a rock concert, isn't it? Yeah, and that that really is. The, that's the biggest message we want to get across is it's not just coming out uh, to, to watch a hockey game. That's, uh, that's almost really complimentary to the experience we're trying to provide. And certainly the family the family side of it is, is huge for us here in Des Moines. And we, there's obviously you know tons and tons of young families in Des Moines that are looking for things to do and looking for cost-effective things to do. And that's something that, much like the Heartlanders, the Iowa Wild, are trying to capitalize on as well. And uh, we had a uh, great showing of many uh, young fans this season. I can think back on, uh, we had a, a young man who I think we ended up coining him the hype kid because I think early in the season, one of our camera uh, men or women caught him on camera getting fired up and almost being like a second mascot to crash. And the, the building just went nuts when he got on, on, on the camera. And so since then, I think they put him on at least once a game. He came to as many home games as I can remember and, he became almost this little secondary mascot, and they literally had a name, Hype Kid, and, and we had him on Twitter, and uh, we had him with Crash a few times. So he was really the the, the leader from the, the younger fan side for the Iowa Wild fans this season. 
Well, the Iowa Heartland, Coralville, Iowa, had never even had a professional team before, and uh, they had uh, played their initial season, and they had to kind of create a fan base out of whole cloth, but uh, it happened organically, and uh, the, we have a fan, uh, Mark Corver, we call him the super fan, and, and he gets a lot of social media attention, and he has the least used seat in the in the place, and he's always up against the glass, and he rides the Zamboni and all kinds of crazy stuff. It gets a crowd going. Uh, but uh, he got a bunch of, of Iowa Heartlander fans over after the season uh, ended, and they made a big trip over to the Iowa Wild uh, to try to support you guys in your playoff drive a little bit. Has there been? Have you noticed some Heartlander fans coming, or is, do you think the awareness of the Iowa Heartlanders is uh, uh, starting to grow? I think it certainly is. A- even just talking with some of the players that we've had the, the opportunity to, to have up this year. And, and, and you know, first and foremost, the relationship between the Heartlanders and the Iowa Wild this season was an excellent one, especially with the proximity and the ability to get players on a, on a short notice if we needed it. And talking with some of those players about how they watched the season grow and what it felt like game one compared to the end of the season, they can tell that there's momentum and they can tell that there's steam being picked up and, to me, I just think about this, this wonderful corridor that the Minnesota Wild and the NHL down South 35 to the Iowa Wild in Des Moines and then east on I-80 over to Coralville. It's a wonderful corridor, and not only is it great for the Minnesota Wild, but it's great for Iowa and it's great for hockey in Iowa. And as someone who grew up in Minnesota, who grew up in a state known for hockey, when I moved here to initially worked for the Des Moines Buccaneers USHL team. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to be seeing here as far as hockey fans goes. And every single season, I continually get reminded of the pockets of hockey people in Iowa are much greater than I ever could have imagined. And every year I feel like it grows and grows and grows. And so it's great to see a sport that I have loved my entire life growing the way it is. And the Heartlanders are only the most recent addition to a state that continues to be more of a hockey state every year. Well, I, uh, I'm from Iowa, you know, and uh, I was a young man growing up in Iowa, and uh, I, I kind of liked hockey, and the only way I could get any hockey news at all was I subscribed to a, a hockey magazine that I would get once a month or something, you know, and uh, I remember I, I did a bunch of extra chores and, and shoveled a bunch of sidewalks, and I got enough money to buy some hockey skates and a, a stick, you know, and a puck. And I was so proud, and I went down to the to the local pond, and uh, there wasn't anybody there playing hockey, you know. And then my brother said he wanted to play hockey, or he would if he would be the goalie. So I shoveled a lot more snow, and I bought him all the hockey stuff and the goalie stuff. And then uh, I bought an extra stick, and I had a friend who would play with us that he didn't even have skates, you know. So we just go down to the pond and take on all comers. It was usually a bunch of figure skaters, and. Uh, we never even could get a crash against the boards against them because they'd twirl around and we'd wind up in the snowbanks. So, but I'm, my point is there wasn't really any, there wasn't really any hockey. You know, there was no opportunity to play hockey or see hockey. But then uh, now there's every level of hockey except for the NHL. I mean, you've got the, you, the, the Des Moines Buccaneers, the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, Waterloo, Dubuque, Sioux City with teams in the USFL or the junior hockey. You've got the unaffiliated uh, – professional hockey with the quad city storm. You got the double a with the Iowa heartlanders. You got you with triple a just talk to me about how you've watched hockey expand and grow to where it's 
you know, the, the full tilt of this today. And I've seen all of those buildings and I've seen all of those fan bases and they're all very, very strong. I, I have the, the privilege of seeing every building in the United States Hockey League where the Bucks play in and my three years with that club and, and every one of those buildings, Sioux City, Waterloo, Cedar Rapids, and Des Moines, all three have just terrific fan bases, some of the best in junior hockey. And to me, that is only more evidence to, to stake my claim and your claim as well, Dave, that, that hockey is so alive and well in Iowa. And for many of those programs has been for, for numerous years. Uh, the Bucks were a team, their fan, their, their, their fan base has dipped a little bit in numbers since the nineties, but I've seen photos in during the 1990s when the Des Moines Buccaneers came home from Sioux Falls after winning the Clark cup championship. And there were, thousands of people waiting for them in the middle of the night outside of Buccaneer Arena on Hickman Road to celebrate. And that wasn't just the, because they'd won a championship. That had been like that all season long, all decade long, I, from what I was told in the 1990s. And, and you know, part of that is just I, I think sports fans, you don't see them in as many droves anymore because people are just so busy these days. I think you've seen a decline in season tickets everywhere. Uh, in, in junior hockey, pro hockey, minor pro, and even at the NHL level, I think people are just so busy these days. But that doesn't take away from the fact that these fan bases are passionate, they're knowledgeable, uh, and a lot of them, too, have put their kids into the sport now as well. And you're starting to see more players come out of the Iowa area that are knocking on the door of the NHL. And I, I think about, you've got Cal Peterson right now with the Los Angeles Kings, their goaltender. He's born and raised in Waterloo, Iowa, played for the Waterloo Blackhawks, and now he's starring on the biggest stage in hockey out in Tinseltown. Um, and, and there were players before him, but to me, I, I think we're going to see more players in the future come out of Iowa than we did in the past. And teams like the Des Moines Buccaneers, teams like the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, but also teams like the Iowa Wilds, and the Iowa Heartlanders are going to be a reason why I think we're going to see more players out of Iowa making it to the highest levels of hockey than we ever have before. Yeah, that that is exciting. You know, we get from you know I'm I'm 55, and uh, when I was in high school, there's absolutely no possibility that you could ever play hockey. And now you've got kids that have uh, played hockey in high school and junior, uh, and just moved all the way through clear up into the NHL. That is a, that is a, a tremendous story you're telling me here. Well, uh, oh, indeed, indeed. Let, let me let me get to uh, the Iowa Heartlanders uh, connection to the Iowa Wild and the Minnesota Wild. And uh, David Fine told me that last year they had a double A team, but it was in Dallas. I don't see how that would have been very convenient, you know. Uh, but now, if somebody in the Minnesota Wild goes down, they can make a phone call to the Iowa Wild. The Iowa Wild can make a phone call to uh, Coralville. Coralville could make a phone call maybe to the Quad Cities and get a player. And every, everybody could have a new player in a couple hours. I mean, how how is that, uh, how is that system help maybe improve the, uh, the uh, uh, farm system for the Minnesota Twin, uh, Wild? Well, firstly, let me just say that you bring up David Fine. Uh, what a gem of a broadcaster and a gem of a guy. I, helped me out big time. I was actually out uh, recently due to uh, COVID-19 protocols and uh, didn't know who we were going to have to call the game and 
got a hold of David, and he was over here immediately and took care of us and did a great job on the broadcast. So i got to got to give some love to David Fine, and not only a terrific uh, broadcaster, but just a great dude. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, uh, Dave, when you uh, – I'm sorry, Dave, could you ask that question one more time? Well, I just want to know how, how the, the Iowa Heartlanders are, are fitting into the Minnesota Wild Farm System. Yes, 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 yes. I, I, I'm remembering now. Um, when when that phone call happens, interestingly enough, the other side of my job is travel arrangements, player personnel, movement, team services. That's the other side of my role with the Iowa Wild. So I'm usually one of the first people to know if there's movement. And last year, this was not my position. I was promoted within the organization this past summer. So I luckily didn't have to be the one trying to wrangle players out of it's Allen, Texas, is where the former ECHL affiliate of the Iowa Wild and Minnesota Wild was at. And I can only imagine how much more difficult life was when you had to factor a plane ticket into getting a player up here on short notice. The fact that all we've had to do with the most complicated trip I've had to put together from getting a guy from here to Coralville is just arranging them a car player that for some reason doesn't have a vehicle with them but most of them do but usually it's just you get a hold of them you let them know where they're going to stay in a hotel to get them some some reimbursement money for their for their gas and for any food that they buy on the way out and that's it so to have as I was talking about earlier in our in our chat here that corridor between St. Paul, Des Moines and Coralville to make life just so much massively easier but also I think it helps build the culture, too, to have that connection where you might be able to see the other coaching staff in person throughout the course of the season because they're only two hours away compared to a day's drive away, uh, let alone a plane flight down to Texas. The, the Iowa Heartlanders are a team that I think is only added to the legitimacy and the professional nature of the Minnesota Wild and the Iowa Wild that are going to do so for years to come. And not just uh, when you need players, like you say, you, you needed a broadcaster. And uh, not only was exactly. one available, but, but one world-class one. David Fine is one of the finest. Uh, I mean, I'm a big uh, radio sports guy. I'd just about rather hear it on the radio or a streaming service than I would watch it on TV. And uh, he just keeps me spellbound. Uh, he's one of the finest broadcasters I've ever listened to. Yeah, just does an excellent job. Such a pro and a guy that clearly uh, understands professional hockey well, has a good pro hockey pedigree behind him, and that's been a big reason for the success he's had early on as the, the inaugural voice of the Heartlanders. So you guys did play an exposition game there at the Extreme Arena? Yes, we did. Uh, actually, I think I said September earlier, but it was the first weekend of October, if I remember correctly. And boy, does that feel like a long time ago now with all that we went through throughout the course of the season. Yeah, the Rockford Ice Hogs came in, and uh, I think it was a nice crowd that night. It was the first uh, hockey game played at that brand-new arena, which, by the way, what a wonderful job uh, the, the Heartlanders, the architectural crew did over with Heart Extreme Arena. I think it's, it's just perfect for the market there. It's perfect for what the Heartlanders are trying to build. And I think it's only going to see more and more, uh, more and more people in the seats when, uh, when the season continues. Well, you know, uh, it's, Oh, I lost it. Sorry, a little technical difficulty kind of lost the phone, but we got it, got him back. So, uh, you, you did really think, uh, what, what do you think of the uh, Extreme Arena? It, it, it's just a fantastic facility, isn't it? I think they nailed it. Uh, it it's the, you, the one thing that we run into sometimes in, in Des Moines with our building is 
I think if we had our druthers, you could maybe make it. It's a 14,000 seat arena, and it's just it's it's hard to put that many bodies in there every night uh, in a city of Des Moines size for uh, you know an American Hockey League game. And I think the one thing that I love about Extreme Arena is that place is going to get loud really, really fast, especially for a new organization that's still building a franchise, still building a fan base, to be able to uh, fill that building and get it loud without having to put six to 8,000 in there, at least from the get-go. I think that's an excellent element to your organization. And as cleanliness, um, amenities, I remember going down and seeing the way the locker room setup was, the coaching area, the training room, the weight room, top-notch stuff and a top-notch building for sure. And I, I know that as the seasons go on, they're only going to find more ways to make that better for the players, fans, and everybody that goes out to k- take in a Iowa Heartlanders game at Extreme Arena in Coralville. Well, they call that area the Iowa Riverlanding, and the Iowa Heartlanders have been a big boom for all the businesses around there, the hotels, the restaurants, the the the, the bars and things that are, that are down there. I've really experienced a great... Uh, uh, and uh, the people that come to those games from, say, Fort Wayne or, you know, some other place in the league, they, they comment about, gosh, how nice that is and how a lot of these old hockey uh, buildings are built 40, 50, 60 years ago. And uh, maybe they were quite a bit in the mix when they built those buildings, but a lot of amenities have moved kind of away from there. And some of them may not be in the safest areas, but uh, uh, Iowa City is. I know where you're at is a, a – Everything's around there to support the hotels and the restaurants and the bars. And I'm sure you guys have a, a, a big uh, uh, boom from your businesses. But talk to me about uh, the history of uh, the Iowa Wild. I know it was, uh, it seemed like it maybe in the 90s hockey started there. Uh, it was a different team. And uh, I don't know, when did the Minnesota Wild come involved with Des Moines? Well, it was... Uh, it was a it, it was a third try actually of, of, of pro hockey in the American League in Des Moines. Uh, it was the Iowa Wild uh, coming in now. It'll be our tenth season, as I think I mentioned earlier, coming up. They they were not the first team to give it a shot uh, here in the uh, the Des Moines metropolitan area. There was the Texas Stars, who were the affiliate of the Dallas Stars uh, back uh, in the early two thousands. Then there was the Iowa Chops, very briefly. Uh, with uh, the, I believe it was the Anaheim Ducks at the time, I think. And then there was a little bit of a dead period where there wasn't hockey. And then in the 2013-14 season, the Iowa Wild committed. It seemed like the right fit with Minnesota being just three hours north, and it certainly has been. It's, it's been an organization that has, has long outlasted the Texas Stars, who, or pardon me, the Iowa Stars ended up moving to Texas, and I see them every year, which is why I made that mistake, but ended up outlasting them. I think it was only three years here for the Stars, so the Wild got them beat by seven, and it seems like there's no sign of, of this organization slowing down. As each year, there seems to be more legitimacy that, that our organization is able to put on the forefront, and uh, we have a great relationship with Wells Fargo Arena, and it's a wonderful arena. It's a big arena, as I mentioned, but um, when we get that place rocking and we get that lower bowl filled, as we did many times this season, you know, you got over 8,000 people in there. It's a wonderful event to come to. And it's been something where I remember asking our, our vice president of business operations, Allie Brown, who has been with this organization since day one. So she saw it in its infancy stages and is now seeing the fruits of all the labors that her and the rest of the staff and all the different staff members, whether they've been here since day one or whether they've been new or, or rotated in and out of the organization, have put together I, I think about the 
a little bit more phone trouble, but we're back. Uh, let's just wrap this interview up by telling me some of the players uh, that that uh, have been through there, you know, either played for you or against you. I remember I went to a Burlington Bees game and saw Albert Pujols play with Peoria, you know. So who are some of the players that have skated on the uh, Des Moines ice that are of note? Well, I think the biggest name actually came through this year. He was only here briefly, but uh, he showed up for uh, about two weekends because he was getting ready to go to the Olympics and represent Team Canada, uh, was Eric Stahl, who uh, will be a Hall of Famer someday when he eventually does hang up his skates for good. Stanley Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist. Actually had a huge couple of games for the Iowa Wild when he was here briefly on just a tryout to get him in shape for that Olympic trial. He's the guy that stands out most to me. But as far as players that have been bred in Iowa that uh, spent some time here and, and have turned the pages now to their National Hockey League careers. Uh, one of the first names that, that comes to mind is Matt Boldy, and he's going to be a player that he started with the team at the end of his collegiate season last year after he finished with Boston College, came down and just set the league on fire in only a handful of games. And then he started with Iowa briefly at the beginning of this year, did the same thing, and the minute he went up, uh, he's been a candidate and an argued point amongst many National Hockey League media about a potential Rookie of the Year candidate. Uh, Matt Boldy has been. He's a guy who I think is going to be a legitimate superstar in the National Hockey League. Uh, he's got the capabilities of doing it. And so he's a player that I think everyone here was really excited to have when he was here, though it was brief. Uh, and now is going to be someone that we'll be watching for a very long time and is a wonderful, wonderful uh, young man as well. But uh, looking at some of the other players, the, the Iowa Wild actually this season had eight players make NHL debuts up in Minnesota. I mentioned Marco Rossi earlier on the broadcast. He's someone that hasn't found that official home yet in the National Hockey League, but as a nice overall pick in 2020 of Minnesota, he's someone that they're certainly expecting to be a star for them in years to come. And players that are up there right now that are making a big impact uh, that have spent some time in Iowa in the past, names like Jewel Erickson Eck, Jordan Greenway, Matt Dumba. Uh, you've got Brandon Duhame up there. He was with the club for the last three seasons, this first full National Hockey League campaign. And then there's actually a few more players, uh, guys by the name of Kapil Kakinen, as well as Nico Sturm, who were big parts of the 2019-20 Iowa Wild team, who had COVID not stopped that season short. They were a contender to win the entire league. They were a team that were playing their best hockey at the right time. I think they were second uh, in the Western Conference only to Milwaukee at the time. So they were a club that was looking like they might be a force to be reckoned with. And I know Capo, as well as Nico, were big parts of that organization. They have since moved on to different teams in the National Hockey League due to trades. But there'll be players that will be playing in the NHL, I think, for quite some time. So it's an organization that's very proud of its alumni. And we're looking forward to seeing that alumni number grow and hopefully even adding some more highfalutin players to that mix as well, with the likes of maybe a Boldy or Rossi who could become NHL superstars. So uh, about 10 players, give or take, uh, spent some time between the Wild and the Iowa Heartlanders, uh, people that came up give you a little little help when you were maybe a little short. Uh, who, are the, who are the Iowa Heartlander players are you looking to see in an Iowa Wild uniform and maybe make some headway? I think there's a decent crop of them. I, I think a lot of it will depend on who comes back better, bigger, stronger, faster from this season from, from the Heartlanders and who's ready to make that impact 
at the American Hockey League level, and maybe they've grown past the ECHL level. Uh, we did see a decent amount this season. At the end of the year, off the top of my head, the guys that I know were at the forefront of the Iowa Heartlanders and making uh, their noise at the, at the American League level. Uh, Hunter Jones, a goaltender who, who was up and down quite a bit with us. Derek Barabo, another goaltender who was up and down from the Heartlanders a little bit this season, primarily with us here in, in Des Moines. Um, Reese Smolik, strong, sturdy defenseman who I know had a nice season with uh, Coralville this year. He, he was up with us at the end of the season. Jake Lindhart, really smooth skating, good puck-moving defenseman. He's another guy who I think is knocking on the door of being an AHL-type player. Um, and then up front, uh, I think about Bryce Misley as the first forward I think of. And I know for a fact that he was really just sort of the, the, the casualty of a numbers game here. When he came up, I think it was in February into March, they really liked the way he played. But just contracts and numbers and veterans and players that they had under contract for the season, they just didn't have room for him. Now, knowing what they know about Bryce Bisley and the way that they liked how he played when he did come up this year, that makes me think in the offseason, if they're looking into somebody, do we resign somebody? Are we curious about bringing in somebody else? They might look at it and say, well, can Bryce Bisley do what this X player or player that we're trying to resign can do? And can he do so as a younger, maybe uh, a player that has more upside than an older player who you might bring in to do that. And so to me, Bryce Misley is the guy that I think uh, Heartlanders fans should be excited about, maybe seeing him early next year, but maybe not. Maybe he could start right away here in Des Moines, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Well, it looks like this week the NFL is having a draft. When is the NHL draft, and uh, how does that impact your rosters and lineups? The NHL draft is going to be at the end of June, I believe. And that's something where sometimes you'll see those players right out of the draft, but a lot of times you will not see them for a year or two. They'll go back to junior. They'll go back to a European professional where they get drafted from. I know Jesper Wolfstad is the first-round goaltending pick of, of the Minnesota Wild from last draft, a very highly touted player in Sweden right now playing professionally over in Europe. He's a guy that we could see next year. So you're looking at more – a year buffer, sometimes two years, sometimes even three years before you'll see some of those players that get drafted. But more often than not, no matter who they are, how high they get picked, they usually all start at some point down in the American Hockey League, even if it's for a small stint like we saw with Matt Boldy, who I talked about earlier. So uh, is there, like, who's the who's the draft picks that are in the Iowa Wild, Iowa Heartlanders? Uh, who are the some of the, the, the players that were picked on the draft? So in the Heartlanders, uh, Hunter Jones is a draft pick, uh, and I think he might be the only one that the Heartlanders had this year who was a Minnesota Wild draft pick. Um, Iowa has, has dozens. I, Nick Swain is a guy who was a draft pick. Marco Rossi was a draft pick. Um, I look on, on the back end. Um, Kalen Addison was a draft pick for them. Uh, so there's, there's usually a pretty good stream. Damian Giroux was a draft pick for the Iowa or the Minnesota Wild, who is in Iowa as well. It's usually about half and half where you have probably half your team as a draft pick, depending on what the given course of the year looks like. And then the other half are players that maybe you traded for, maybe you signed, maybe they were drafted elsewhere. They got done with their first contracts in the American League, and then you picked them up um, to sign a two-way deal between Minnesota and Iowa. So it's usually how the breakout looks on a breakdown of a roster in the American Hockey League. Well, this is really – I've really enjoyed this visit, and I've learned so much. Uh, uh, is there <laughs> – Hopefully we can uh, talk to you again somewhere down the road and uh, 
maybe we can when we get the schedules out and getting closer to the season, maybe we can come back on and give uh, our listeners a, a little preview of what we're going to be seeing next year. And Dave, that'd be terrific. Thanks so much for the time. Sorry that we had some technical difficulties, but I enjoyed the chat as well, and have a great summer. Well, I'd rather have some technical difficulties or have a, have a difficult interview. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. All right. Well, this has been Round Guy Radio with news you can use that doesn't give you the blues. And thanks for listening to another episode of Heartlanders Weekly. Thanks for being on the show, Ben. Thank you, Dave.